Welcome back to Whiskey and Lemon. I am Lana Mercedes, and let's jump into part two of the friendship Q&A episode. We left off with question six, so I'm going to jump right into question seven. Based on your friendship episode, I am discovering that I have a friend that I thought was a confidant and lately has shown me that they are more of a constituent or comrade. I had confided in them about something very personal and they told someone. They have been asking me for an update and I've just been dodging their calls. What should I do? This is tough and I know what it feels like for someone to betray your confidence. I think first determine whether this friend knew that this information of yours was meant to be private. If the viewpoint could be relative, I would try having a conversation to let them know how you're feeling about the situation. If, however, you ask the friend not to disclose this information and they did anyway, that's more serious. You'll have to decide whether this friendship is worth working through this problem or not. Is this friend remorseful? How do you perceive the intention? All in all, I do think it's a good idea to take a step back and how much you share with this person if the trust is lacking. This goes back to the final question in the last episode. You don't need to rack your brain coming up with ways to tell someone that you're keeping your business to yourself. Even if you did originally tell them things about this situation. Some variation of, I'm working on it on my own, I'd rather not talk about it, or even, I appreciate your concern. I'm finding that working through this on my own is way more beneficial for me. Question number eight. What are your views on friends of the opposite sex when you're in a relationship? Oh, okay. Good question. I don't believe this topic is black and white, but I will say a few things on it nevertheless. I think a decent rule of thumb is that you are much more mindful of the friends that you're making of the opposite sex after you're already in a relationship. Going into a relationship with friends of the opposite sex is understandable, as I don't condone when partners are forcing each other to lose all of their friends just because they're of the opposite sex. But again, these situations are nuanced. Are any of your friends exes of yours? I think group dynamics could be a clearer boundary than one-on-one situations. Along that line of nuance, open conversations with your partner are key. They may be okay with certain friends of the opposite sex you have and may not be okay with others. And they may not be able to articulate the reason why, but that's okay. If they are your partner, you make an informed decision based off of the feelings that your partner is expressing to you. Are you spending more time with certain friends of the opposite sex than you are with your partner? Do you invite your partner around these friends? This also allows your partner to decide if they want to engage in the outing, and they can be privy to how that relationship is going. Also, be careful not to try to force your partner and that friend of the opposite sex to be friends. You don't want to force a friendship that isn't occurring naturally. Here is some data that I pulled from Psychology Today. Number one, Monsoor Harris and Kurzweil found that 64% of men and 44% of women reported that their cross-sex friends became their sexual partners. Number two, what defines an exclusive intimate relationship isn't just sex. It's an emotionally intimate bond that allows for trust and vulnerability between two people. Creating an intimate bond with someone requires making them feel safe, loved, and cared for in a way that prioritizes your relationship with them above other relationships. Number three, breaking that bond doesn't require a sexual act with someone else. It can be broken by creating a bond with someone else that interferes with the trusting, intimate bond you and your partner have. That's why it is widely recognized that affairs can be physical, emotional, or both. 
Number four, it is not uncommon for the opposite sex friend to be jealous of the intimate relationship and or engage in inappropriate behavior that is disrespectful of the relationship. One way this is done is when a friend crosses normative relationship boundaries and starts acting like the partner. Number five, when someone you have an intimate relationship with objects to an opposite sex friendship, it is a mistake to assume that this is jealousy stemming from an insecurity. Partners with high self-esteem will not tolerate poorly handled opposite sex friendships. This is usually a sign of their emotional intelligence and their understanding of what is required to maintain an intimate bond. Translation, the problem very likely isn't the partner who is objecting, is very likely the way the opposite sex friendship. Based on this article, some signs that you may be damaging your relationship with opposite sex friendships are, number one, you are prioritizing the friendship over your relationship. Number two, you are, or even wanting to, hide activities with this friend from your partner. Number three, you can think of situations you have engaged in with this friend that you know your partner would not feel comfortable with, such as flirting or creating emotional bonds that you are unwilling to make with your partner. Number four, you are fully aware that you are attracted to and possibly have feelings for this friend and yet still spend time with them, especially in non-group situations. And number five, you resort to calling your partner crazy or jealous when they express their discomfort with this friendship. I place the last two questions here back-to-back strategically as they are the antithesis of one another. Let's start with question number nine. I've worked really hard to be somewhat of a success in my career and I'm very proud of myself as I grew up having a way different experience. I make good money, bought a home that I never thought I would even be considered for, and take domestic trips as life allows. Some of my close friends are not in as good a financial position as I am, and they often make me feel guilty for the life that I live. I get comments like, lucky for you that you're rich, which I'm not, or your life is perfect, if I ever complain about anything. This is the type of toxic positivity that I hate. I want to be supportive of my friends as they go after what they want, but I don't want to feel that they are not supportive of me as as I am a few steps ahead. Am I wrong here? How can I tell them that this bothers me when they just keep making fun of any complaint I have? Many people are going through personal things and literally cannot make themselves happy for other people. Sometimes they're feeling so much resentment that they just can't allow themselves to support you at the time. And it's up to you to decide if you can have that in your life without letting it affect you or not. I think toxic responses insinuating that you never experienced turmoil in your life is inconsiderate and nearsighted, honestly. It's a precursor to something like someone always has it worse than you. That may very well be possible, but we all handle certain things differently, and suggesting that your feelings around a matter are invalid is not going to help in the least. If you are aware that a certain friend is really going through something, you just want to be there for them, but you also have the right to want to make the comments stop. Try taking them out to eat, treat if you can, and bring it up during the conversation in a light way. Don't be hostile as you don't want them to feel bombarded like you've been feeling. But also ensure that you don't laugh it off or make it seem like it's something that's not a big deal because it is. If you felt the need to write in about this, it is clearly bothersome to you. And to continue cultivating the friendship, the issue needs to be addressed. On the other hand, if you have friends that are just not supportive by any means, and are fostering a bully type of mentality, 
then it may be time to reevaluate those friendships. You should leave interactions with your friends feeling better, not worse. And question 10. I work as a freelancer in the creative space and several of my friends and family act as though I don't work. I know it's not the typical 9 to 5 and I don't have a rigid schedule, but I love what I do and though I might be able to make more money sitting in an office, I enjoy the flexibility and the work. Is it jealousy? Why can't we all just support each other in whatever work makes us happy? Are we not past this? I can understand you. I have always incorporated some type of creative self-employment in my career and that And there has usually been someone that refers to it as not a real job or trying to find a way to ask when I'm going to get one. There are certain perspectives that people have, and unfortunately, not everyone can see that they are just that perspectives. There are ways in which people want to live their life. And if you live your life in a way that isn't in accordance with that, they can't make sense of it and will often look at where you are as a failure. There are also those that are envious of your way of life or even envious of your ability to live your life the way you want, despite the pressures that may be coming along with that. So I think addressing those people in your life that are making you feel this way head on by just saying, I love what I do for work. I'm really happy in this position and I would hope that you're just here to support me. End of story. I'm leaving you with two quotes for this week, both by Anne Frank. One is, whoever is happy will make others happy too. And the second, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. Thank you so much for listening and sharing this podcast. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.